the Saturday Friends Club. Ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered here today to talk about nostalgic things. So, um, this is the Saturday Friends Club. We are gathered uh, to have fun, to enjoy each other, to watch stuff that we have seen in the past and figure out if it is still good. It is also episode 100! We did it! We hit three digits, and that's the important thing, and that's all anybody cares about. Granted, we never actually did the, like, have a really good rollout so that people uh, we could have a bajillion people listening to the show. But, you know what? We hit the other big number. We did. We, we, we done it. We have been at it. Yeah, we have done what, I think... Was it like 85% of podcasts never do, mm-hmm. which is actually commit to making a whole bunch of episodes? Uh, so, yeah, welcome to the Saturday Friends Club. We talk nostalgic stuff because we like things that are old. We like we're old. Uh, we, we're old. Uh, we're dying. We realize that all of our best years are behind us already. You know, we're already uh, getting fat and taking injuries that take way longer to recover <laughs> from. Suffering from. Head injuries when you should be having dinner. Yeah, I did. I did take a giant knock to the head and had to get stitches in, last week. In, in, the, in like, I, I'm just gonna put it out there for our audience without any context. Josh was assaulted by a table. <laughs> I did. This table did attack me. If, if if we want to say if we're if since this is the Matrix, I am the one that is the most closely been attached to being killed by technology. Yes. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> technology. It is a table. It has latches and springs. Yeah. 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 That's not technology. But uh, okay. Anyway, I am Josh. Sabrina is here. Yep. My lovely wife and my lovely friend Eric is here. I am here. I am I am very sad we also couldn't have like a hundred people on this on this episode. Yes. That, that would also be very difficult. Uh, it would be like a game of one, one versus 100 in which every person gets one minute to speak yeah, about every, the topic. Every, yep. Um. Yeah, this was this was one. Oh boy, this episode. Where do we even begin? Well, we begin by talking about the fact that we're covering the Matrix. Yes, you so, know that movie from 1999. I oh, and and boy, howdy is this movie 1999. I'm gonna. I want to expand upon this. I hope that my like the. I am. I, I am vibrating with dark energy right now over how much I want to talk about this. Don't um, vibrate too hard. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're attempting to be FCC licensed. We can't have that much <laughs> vibration in the studio. Um, so I want to, I want to talk about, this is like, I think I, I want to call this the, like the stealth inaugural episode for this podcast, because I distinctly remember a particular dinner, like that we all had in discussing how we wanted to format this podcast before we rec- long before we recorded the first episode. And I wanted, my immediate thought was like, well, we should do the matrix. And I, because I really want to know, is the Matrix still good? It turns out it is. All right, good episode. Yep, well done, everyone. <laughs> go home. It's all over. No, we're here. Um, the yeah. So that was kind of my initial thought. I was like, ooh, the Matrix. That's like that's a movie. That's it a is capital M movie. I mean, it was basically the movie the the two thousand era. I would argue this is honestly probably one of the most important and influential movies of the past like twenty years. Or more, probably more, no more than that. I mean, it certainly like spawned, it spawned basically two sequels, an animated sequel that we covered last episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, video games, it inspired tons and tons of knockoff movies like uh, Existence, Equilibrium, um, like a ton of movies that just like went down that same road. The entirety of the aughts were just like were other people just trying to capture that matrix magic. It was like after star Wars came out, just like everyone could not like, could look at tripping over themselves to try to capture what star Wars came up Mm, with ice pirates. And I think it's really, it's hard to, I, I think it is hard to overstate how important this movie is. I'm not like, that is not just like, in asterisk immediately, I'm not saying that's necessarily an endorsement. Sounds like an endorsement. We will get into it, but like, m- like man, this movie shaped everything that, like, if we're, being some like millennials on this podcast, probably talking to other millennials on this, like, listening to this podcast, like, I don't think you, like, I don't know if you thought about it, but how much The Matrix has influenced everything you know. Uh, man. To to give you an idea how influential it is, I typed in the Matrix into 
to to pull up just the uh, the IMDb and the thing. Uh, it's being shown tonight at a movie theater. <laughs> wow. Yeah, at midnight, somebody's doing a showing of The Matrix awesome. at an actual movie theater. Which they, I hope they are playing Rob Zombie uh, as they get the burn through the ditches and slam yeah. when, through I, the I, ditches. I, once they started, playing, I said ditches. I know, I know. You once were they good. started playing that, I was like, yes, <laughs> it's all coming back. <laughs> I did the like the the plug was plugged in the back of my neck and it went like and I was like I was jacked into the nineties again. <laughs> Just like Dracula, yeah. Rob's oh it was so good. It was delicious. So So you you are Matrix. bringing us the Matrix this week. I think I honestly like I guess I'm the one repping the Matrix. I, I'll happily take up that mantle, but the Matrix is within all of us, Josh. <laughs> I mean, you're the one that really wanted to do it. Well, I because I think this is the quintessential movie for this podcast. I don't th- like. I think this is the most important. Is one. Keanu Reeves' dumb dumb hand head with sunglasses like <laughs> secretly you know our what? logo? I fail to see how the Matrix is our most important episode, but okay. <laughs> I think well, let's let's, let's get into. I mean, Cool as Ice is pretty much oh, our cool our best episode. What did I? I, I had something recently where I got to I got to tell some about Cool as Ice, and it's just seeing people reaction to first discovering that movie is so, magical. I do have to say that after we watched it, and you mentioned beef last episode, and there was a moment of just like, ah, oh, beef, ah, oh, Phantom of the Paradise. We've we've went so many places in a hundred episodes. Oh, yeah. Some great great stuff. And then I sure forced you to watch Sonic and Kevin Smith. You're just, welcome. You know, <laughs> Is to it, it what you know, uh, tit for tat. Yeah, to um, each their own. So I, I'm just saying, like the the Matrix. Like I, I real quick want to mention that they started working. The Wachowskis started working on this in like '94, and when I read that, I was like, that makes so much sense. Of like this movie is is was just being was being stewed and created slowly, percolating throughout the '90s, and then at like when, when did it release in '99? Uh, let's see if I can find. I mean, obviously it was ninety nine. Release date March thirty first in the U S. Oh man. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make I I, I want to preface this episode real quick. I want to say that I'm gonna say this is like a, perhaps a controversial statement. All right. Well, but, uh, do do we want to get through the our 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 history of it and then do the intro okay. and then do that? Okay. Yeah. I can, okay. I'll I'll power up my energy in the meanwhile. All right. All right. Cool. Sabrina, what was your uh, your history with watching The Matrix? I've seen it. Okay. Like when it was first released? Well, probably on DVD, but okay. yeah. I'm I I was not old enough to have seen this in I was 9 when this came out. So I was in like I guess 5th grade. So I was not old enough to see the movie when it came out. I remember being super into the second one. I'm sorry. I know. It's just it's we we all we all went through phases, Josh. What? I don't have phases. So I, I but but I'm saying so like I, this was a movie that for me that was like that the cool older kids and my older brother and cousins watched and were super into. Okay. And I was like, man, there must be something to this crazy Matrix movie. Yeah, uh, I have a feeling that the Matrix influenced the aesthetic of me and my peers <laughs> later on in high school. Oh, you wearing trench coats? Oh, the, it, and... it was just carrying the torch of the early '90s. Yeah, I mean, it was this. It feels like it was like that is, here's some of the grunge, but grunge with guns. That aesthetic never dies in high school. Nope, it's Just all it BTW. will always be with us um, in our hearts. I will say that I actually did see this one in theaters when it was first released. I remembered like going and seeing it with my dad, and then essentially having the like moment of walking out of the theater and then just going like the fuck. Did it, did, it, did it make your brain implode? I mean, it felt kind of like that. I remembered it being like, what if everything was a simulation? What if everything <laughs> around were, me wasn't real? You like were, what? You were what, like a freshman in high school or I something? I think it was somewhere around that. And then you got you got a dose of like philosophy 101 straight to the brainstem. I know. And it was delivered through like wire food and fights. And Keanu Reeves. And Keanu, Keanu Reeves is the worst actor ever. Hey, what if uh, I let's did stuff? Look at my blank expression on my pallid flesh. Don't worry, I am your love interest in this movie, and I'm Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an I've been in movies before this. I wear sunglasses without. What are these things? Called? The, the like the armatures. He wears like pince nez. Like I like that he dramatically puts them on at one point in the movie. He goes like. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like laugh so hard. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we've all, the Matrix is within all of us. We've all seen it. So let's get into it. For episode 100, let's get down into wearing moody black stuff inside of a simulation when we're secretly inside of a little ship inside of dead world and because inside of the real world is a fake world and there's agents and we got to use our superpowers to break people out of their chain. Let's, let's, let's talk about the matrix guys. The Matrix. Oh, I was like, are we going to get some some sweet Juno Reactor like blast beats? I didn't get any of the other soundtrack, oh. but I will say the soundtrack is pretty legit. Oh, it's no, it is. It is like it is. Uh, what oh, God, what is early aughts like phraseology? I mean, like we do. We, it, I mean, we legit. call it aughts. Yeah, it's it's like the soundtrack for this like rules and will always rule. Yeah, it's it's really. I mean, as we said Rob alive. Zombie, Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie, Radiance Machine in the credits, uh, Juno Reactor throughout. Oh God, that that the Club to Death song is yes. like the all of the every like every song you've heard and like is ever. I think everyone could will hear this music and it's just like it's like it's if it's a spider. Like, yeah, we've all we all know this music. It, it beats within our cold dark hearts. Yeah, and it's and I love I love Juno Reactor. So uh, ever, so this was like coming right back the matrix is a 1999 science fiction action film written and directed by the wachowskis and starring keanu reeves lawrence fishburne carrie ann moss hugo weaving and another and joey pants joey pants yes i wasn't going to be able from, to say that from one. the sopranos uh it depicts a dystopian future in which humanity is unknowingly trapped inside a simulated reality called the matrix created by thought capable machines artificial beings that's, that's a very dumb note <laughs> to control humans while using their bodies as an energy source hacker and computer programmer neo aka thomas uh learns this truth and is drawn into a rebellion against the machines which involves other people who have been freed from the matrix Ooh, yeah. this film is an example of the cyberpunk genre this is like really the, yeah oh this is the episode like this is the apotheosis of the 90s. This is the apotheosis of cyberpunk. This is it. Yes. Like, we watched it. Hey, get ready. You and, here, Here's some concepts for you. All right, ready? Bullet time. All right, you had that. Uh, how about some uh, martial arts mixed with guns and fight choreography with Hong Kong yeah, action hot, cinema? It's, it's like if John Woo brought to like a Western audience. How about uh, in cool shades? How about we add some existentialism, Marxism, feminism, Buddhism, nihilism, and postmodernism? Yep this this is a this is a messy messy movie. It is a goulash of ideas. It's a big are, gooey boy movie. Which are, yeah, which are just like shotgunned into your face, uh, for better or for worse. It had grossed a. Uh, Four hundred and sixty million dollars worldwide, won four Academy Awards and many accolades, including BAFTA Awards and Saturn Awards. And that doesn't even sound like that much now. But like again, it's really I think it's hard to impress on maybe the the newest generation, like what this movie did. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, four Academy Awards. Like the the Academy Awards don't generally go for big, like crazy action movies. Yes, uh, well, just this movie is weird in that it like it is a lot of it is like an homage and kind of repackage early '90s like cyberpunk, and then it was, but it's been you know shot like a rocket into the early aughts, and then it hit a wall, and I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, so uh, shall we get into the bits and pieces of this here plot? <sighs> oh, like, well, should we do, should we do the plot and then I can I well, can do my little speech? Well, you go you go ahead and, and roll with this one. Okay, I okay, so I, I I basically I don't think we need to get too in depth into the plot because I think everyone in the universe has seen the Matrix, 
um, and the, the particulars of it. Like, yes, the radio waves going out into space. Aliens are now currently watching the Matrix. One hundred percent. Somewhere by about like you know Alpha Centauri. And meanwhile, there's some like young alien going like fuck. What if I'm? Oh wow, oh, I was the one that oh, did the swear this time. But just sitting there, just having his brain exploded by going like, "What if I'm in a simulation, Gorkax?" Yeah. Um. So, I'll run through the plot really quickly because the the particulars of the plot are are not as important as some other elements of it. But basically, Keanu Reeves plays a a hacker by night, like mild mannered, uh, like office worker by day. He's always had this weird sense that, like, you know, something about the world around him doesn't make sense, doesn't work. And he's been, like, he thinks he, he's heard the phrase The Matrix before, and it's this thing that he's seeking. He's contacted by a man on the phone who quickly reveals that, like, he's being pursued by unknown authorities. Uh, and then he is introduced to the idea that the world around him is a false reality and that uh, this man, Morpheus, played by Lawrence Fishburne. Hello. Uh, I'm yeah is, uh, is is someone who's who's exists outside of the matrix and is trying to free him from it. He gives him the very famous like choice between the two pills. I'll get into that later. And uh, yeah, he's <laughs> Josh has perfectly colored uh, flash drives, <laughs> which look like a real bear to swallow. These might have to be like red and blue suppositories, maybe. Um, but he voluntarily takes the takes the pill and begins the process, and he is unceremoniously kicked out of the the matrix and realizes that he is trapped in a like the real world and most humans are enslaved by machines and they live in this artificial world while their bodies are used for energy and then they are like now these like ragtag rebels who fight to help hopefully free all of humanity uh, and they live in like a hovercraft underground as we all do. Who makes those hovercraft, by the way? Like, they seem to have a bunch of them. Well, you were the fan of the second movie to which you would know it's Zion. <laughs> They have a hovercraft factory down there. Yeah. Oh boy. It's the last human city. They make they make little hovercrafts. All right. All right. You know what? I'll accept it. I don't know why the interior looks like a like a, a ship, but you know. Um. So yeah, the, the more uh, uh, Neo, who's Ken Reeves, quickly learns like they like, they can just like plug his brain full of kung fu and and various and various skills, uh, to make him also a super a super fighter because when you're in the Matrix, uh. If you've been outside of it, you can learn how to. The fact that you know that it's an, a false reality allows you to bend the rules of it, so they can move super fast and dodge bullets and do all this other crazy stuff. Um, things happen in the movie. Uh, they believe that uh, uh, Morpheus, particular, believes that Ken Reeves is a messiah, who is like the reincarnation of the first person to escape from the Matrix, who then released the other first people. And that he believes that uh, the, the, there's a prophecy that the the one will return and free and be the one to help free all of humanity from uh, from the matrix. Unfortunately, since this is also a just totally like lead fisted uh, religious allegory, of course there is a Judas. So uh, one of one of the hackers on board their ship is like hates the real world and wants to be back in the matrix. So he strikes a deal with the machine <gasps> cipher. Oh, cipher. Who would have thought that like a guy like who looks like he's one of the gangsters from the Sopranos uh, was the, was the bad guy who would have thought man, it looks like a weasel. Terrible. Um, he betrays them and tries to, and hands over Morpheus, to the machines. They want to break into Morpheus's mind. Cause he has codes. Cause he has the key. Co he has the key to get into the last human city like where all the the rebels are and Morpheus or uh, Neo has to go in there and save Morpheus in which they've seen in which uh, Neo finally realizes the extent of his powers. He's able to easily overcome the machine agents and just kill a lot of innocent people along the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, well, that's, that's Keanu Reeves for you. Uh, and at the very end, he kind of realizes that he really is the Messiah. And then the ending is kind of implies that he's going on to go help free the rest of humanity. All right, cool. That's the episode. That's the, nineteen that's minutes. Let's go. Let's roll it. <laughs> Knocked it out of the park. Uh, but I and I, I really wish the series just ended there. That would have honestly just been a perfect ending. Yeah, I mean, as I said, when I left the movie theater, I was just like, "Oh, that was amazing!" And yep. then the subsequent, like, I subsequently watched the second movie and was like, "That was, huh? Okay, well, was, that was well, that French guy was weird." Okay, uh, those twins were kind of odd, but all right. I mean, they, you decide that, and then I just heard like 
everybody say the third movie is like, oh, God. I was, like, I've okay, seen I'm it good. exactly once and never again. Uh, I have, like, yeah. So that's the basic plot of The Matrix. It's like, it is a, it is a, it is a very novel, and I, I will say kudos, the, like, the, the, the Wachowskis wrote it, just the idea that, like, it's a combination of, like, an action movie and a lot of philosophical context, like, concepts that they managed to compress down into a movie and make it very, like, approachable for, like, regular people. And it's, it's, it's very much it's a Plato's cave allegory. It's, like, every, every ancient philosopher had this idea of, like, you know, what if the world around us, how can we, like, is just, like, the senses being fired into our minds? What if we're a brain in a jar? Uh, what? How can we be sure anything is real beyond what's like? You know, our senses are just data input. You know, my my mind's exploded. But to present, but presented in this fashion and with a very extremely stylized aesthetic and like a lot of action and like you know with a lot of really innovative at the technique at the time. Like, it's hard to understand. I mean, this movie just melted people's brains when it came out. I mean, it's philosophy melded in with the hero's journey. Yes, it's here. It's it's hero's journey and like. Philosophy, and, but it's like it's it's like apolitical. It's like it, they've stripped out enough that it's like it's it's just this like idea that is like you your mind takes in, and then that can be taken for good or evil, basically. And we'll get into the evil part, but yeah, that's like that. That's why like this that that's the key to this movie's success and why it, like it's it's a really good movie. It's at this point if you watch it now, it is very pretentious. It's Parts of it are very hokey, but you have to understand, like, when this came out, like, this, like, you know, like, blew people's minds. Right. I yeah. mean, yeah, going back and seeing some of the plot points, like, you can you can punch holes through oh, yeah. parts of the story now because you've had so many years to sit here and just think about, like, well, why would why couldn't they have done that? Or why why wouldn't yeah. you have done that? It's like, not important because we get to see Keanu Reeves in a black trench coat, like, shooting two guns while jumping through the air. Well, also, they went ahead and made two more movies about it, in which case they didn't do nearly as no. well as the first no. one. The, um, the, it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to overstate this. And it's weird because it's like I would give this movie at like, I think at best, like a B. B for best. Um, It's it's yeah, by now. But you have to realize that we live in a post Matrix world and like we are all highly cynical and are inured against a movie that takes a real big swing at a very artsy concept. And like, as I think I've established in this podcast, I have a weakness for that kind of thing. Like I'm willing to, I'm willing to give a movie that's willing to take a big swing, like a, a, a wide like margin. Well, back then it made sense, especially if you were like, <clears throat> our, especially if you were our age, in which case we were like teens or about to become teens. And, so when you're young like that and you have this highly like multiple brain and we're always when you're young like that, most of the time, like not 100 percent, but most kids are going to be like, yeah, take it to the man, you know, power to the people. We're very anti authority authority. Yeah. Well, the authority because like, the Matrix is totally. Uh, your parents and school. <laughs> it's like, what if all of this is just meaningless and like it's like you know, like I have the secret knowledge of how the world works. Like this is this is like catnip for like the teenage male brain. And if if you want to roll back the clock a little bit further, as I think about this, like you kind of take from the stories and and what was kind of pushed around in the eighties, which were a lot of like kind of sugary crusty just like hey don't do drugs kids and you know a lot of really like a lot of stuff that was basically just like either glorified commercialism or um you know basically just like no nah, authority's cool yeah help the president i like god okay so here's what i need to talk about which is like which is like 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 burning in the back of okay, my go for right it now. So I need to say how much this movie like represents the nineties in that the nineties began with the cold war ending. And like, I was born literally right in the, I, I, I I was born in January of 1990. So So I like, as they were taking a hammer to that wall, pretty much I was on my way out. I much like, much like Neo, like disappearing in a pile of much, much like Gorbachev. Yes. Uh, it's, it's like, so but how? But people, I don't think, always appreciate how much that affected the like 
Western psyche was like what the, because there's a phrase that's called the end of history. And it's the idea that like history tech like ended with the fall, the end of the cold war. And that was like the last existential like threat or, you know, issue that had defined the 20th century was finally over. It was like, you know, the, the who, the, the West versus the East or, you know, against the Soviets. And this was before the events of 2001. Oh yeah. The, yeah. So you, so you, you called it, but I'm going to, I need to, but Josh, we need to talk about the events of September 11th. Oh, great. And yeah. About, let's and, do this. So, but so this move, so then the nineties was this very weird lull between like, we think we just won. We finally got the end of our story as America. And it's just from here on out, like, you know, the sky is the limit. History, like, History as we know it is over because it's not no longer defined by this existential struggle. And then that was very, and like, and it was really just an illusion. And as, as someone with a, you know, political persuasion such as mine, I believe that the nineties the was a, was considered this time of like peace and prosperity, especially in America specifically. I think that there was a lot of that because there was a lot of the, like the Clinton era, yes. uh, like, oh, you know, there's less war in the world. Like the things that we're worrying yeah. about is basically it's, if the president has had an affair and that like that was the biggest news that happened during the yes. like the later 90s. The 90s are a time was which was not defined really by our existential threat of against Russia. And it was defined by America, like the American politics just generally being taken over by like centrist liberal uh, like line of thinking and it was what bit like and then i i i would argue it was very much a like it was this weird social bubble that we kind of grew up in where it was just like you know the sky's the limit like there's all sort of stuff we we can think about and we're no longer thinking about this existential threat to society yeah there's nothing wrong with the world we've conquered all problems yes and like we've and we've solved everything and it's very much why people have talked about why like the early 90s was the beginning of like like conspiracy and like anti-government stuff being really big and like a cultural artifact because it was no longer the Ruskies. Like they're no longer the threats. Like, Oh, well, who's the real threat? Like this is why the X-Files in the early nineties made so much sense and why it was so popular. Mm -hmm. So I believe that X-Files in a weird way prefigured the matrix. Uh, And the matrix was, they said, they started writing this in 94. It is entirely a product of the time. Cause like they're saying, we've conquered all of these existential problems. And now we can get to like the really interesting stuff, which is like, what are, you know, what are the ideas we need to think about beyond that are like now in our minds and like freeing our minds now that we've, th- we've supposedly freed ourselves from this worldly struggle. So I think that's why cyberpunk and kind of this very getting into Eastern philosophy became more and more popular in the nineties because there was like a cultural context for it. So like this movie's vision of the future is one where like, the struggle is now like this weird philosophical one. It's like that it's if, to make the matrix now would make no sense. Right. We've all become like the last couple, the last decade in particular has been extremely bad. <laughs> it's right. like, why would you make a simulation of this decade? Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. why like post-apocalyptic stuff and zombie movies, that all became very popular in like the aughts and like 2010 and on. Oh man. I Where, remember when zombies was fun. Well, we were, but we, but it was like post-apocalypse apocalypticism was, is, was a cultural touchstone for that, for this art, the past couple of years. And people, I think we, we've been out of the nineties for so long. I think we forgot that brief glimpse where we were willing to like the matrix is all about like now that we've gone beyond like the worldly and the political, like it's all about like the, you know, the, the next plane of the, of like consciousness that we need to think about. Mm-hmm. And that's totally what the matrix is all about. And it's, it's cyberpunk. It's like Eastern philosophy. It's Western philosophy. It's the idea that like, you know, con- like it's, it's a movie that attempts to have, a consciousness beyond just what it like what pre- movies would previously. So what I'm hearing is you're saying that's the perfect movie. It is. It is the perfect movie. It is flawless. Uh, the acting is perfect. Uh, special effects all look great. Um, no, but basically, I was going to say yes. I believe that the period. I, I want to make a. I want to make a. I want to call the period between. You said March 10th. Uh, March 10th. Yes. Oh, perfect. So. The periods between March 10th, 1999, when this movie was released, and September 10th, 2001, I believe is, like, that might be the, the, the perfect stretch of the 90s. Like, that, that like, two-year span, which is to, like, almost to the day, like, 
perfectly defines 90s mindset and what we grew up in. Right. Yeah. Because it's the Matrix and it's the pre 9-11 world where we all like immediately like lost our minds in a like nationalistic bloodlust. Well, and we were we were dealing with only like philosophical issues. Yes, and I I I don't think I've articulated. It. Hopefully, I've got the idea across of just like what the Matrix was attempting to do. Of uh, like, it's an action movie, but it's aspiring to much more. Whether or not it succeeds, that's I'm sure what we're going to discuss. But well, yeah, I I can I can see what you're saying by the fact of like bereft of the. Constant fear of nuclear war, yeah, bereft like, of the idea that you know the Russians could invade over the border, that you know that you know your safety. One thing that I've always found really interesting, even though I acknowledge that The Watchmen is not a perfect movie, no, I enjoyed it, and I enjoy it for the idea that they have with Ozymandias, mm-hmm. which is basically without a central villain, without something to go after. People will go after themselves. Well, they, yeah, they need they need like people fundamentally need a something that explains the world that they live in and why things are happening. Right. And previously, that like you were like we defined it as this kind of nationalist like struggle against the the Soviets. Right. So by you know essentially removing that, we then didn't know what to go after. And in some kind of funny ways, the Matrix is some sort of like philosophical like I like replacement of that of like um, yeah. it's a it's a story in which you're like oh okay well what if something existential like outside of even reality itself was you know to play and this all lasted up until the next like actual crisis yeah uh, pretty much like destroyed the aughts yeah we just like we were we were ripped cruelly backwards in time and. And and I, I won't get too much into it beyond that, but I believe um, the 90s was a period, the, why this resonated was a period when, like, the the problems with inherent with capitalism and and, and kind of the our, the, and our Western society were really starting to show through. And so I think that, like, this, the, the 90s is when people, I think, started feeling the existential problems that we all know now as just the, like, constant state of everything feels terrible. Okay, well, there's your super heady episode. We'll call it there. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, no, okay. no, put it back. Put it back. <laughs> we, have not, we have not yet gotten into Keanu Reeves. Oh, okay. Um, but I just, what I'm saying, that's, I think that's the cultural context we have to understand of, like, this movie was attempting to answer this, this fidgety social problem that I think was floating around in our brains at that time. And then, and, oh, boy, like, man, did it open a can of worms. All right, so how how do you want to tackle this big boy? Oh God, it's it's tough. I I want to touch on the fact that like I've been avoiding saying red pill versus blue pill because man has that well been poisoned. <laughs> I've even got these USBs yeah, the and I can, uh, yeah yeah. I'm um, like Morpheus here. I, I, will, I mean, I, it was an Alice in Wonderland analogy. Yes. It is, but it's like... The, I, and, I, and not like they don't say the g- g- falling down the rabbit hole, like how, the moment after. How right. many Alice in Wonderland references, and the, the movie's like, do you get it, guys? Now you going it? Not in Kansas anymore, do I? Did I just blow your mind? <laughs> I mean, like, even, like, that first building he goes in to meet Morpheus... It's black and white checkers, like you're playing chess. Oh, remember, they're they're following the white rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like that, but uh, I I think I want I just want to expand upon the thing that like the Matrix introduces ideas that like the way it has to portray them, they are open enough to interpretation that like someone who has had no like philosophical background prior to seeing the Matrix, listen, they they get this idea that like there's you know there's a world around us which is false and there's a true world you know, bereft of that illusion and then like like oh you know that's like feminism like pulling the wool down over eyes and you need to jack out of the the you know the woman matrix and become a red pilled like chud on, on online and it's just like that kind of idea and that structure applied can be applied to a lot of things and it makes you feel like a genius because you figured it out well yeah it's just the reason that people are flat earthers now it's like regardless of how much like detail and science and like clear understanding of how the world works if you have enough like idiots on the internet say oh no this but all those are lies 
somebody is going to look at that and go, well, there's people that disagree, so I'm going to disagree too, and now I'm validated for my having this disagreement. Because there's 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 issues. It like it it fulfills like the idea of how the world works that that's unexplained for a lot of people. Because there's no there's no systematic like critique of why the problems in society exist. Because no one wants to acknowledge them. The problem is capitalism. But the like but like for a lot of people, it's like why is my life why, why is my life crappy and why does why did all this bad stuff happen that seems like it's like seems to be the work of a malicious outside force but is not really and it's just like this it's it's this provides a framework for like people like having something or someone to blame That's yes the thing. yeah and if they don't have complete and total control of their environment it's easy to blame something else yeah yeah Okay. It's never, oh, I'm the problem. I'm the one that needs or, to fix the way I'm thinking uh, or how I view the world. Or, uh, yeah, or just yeah. like I live in a, I live in a system that is inherently designed to like be exploitative. It is and, unfair that I am 16 years old and not a millionaire yet. Yeah, and I don't. I, I'm yeah. I'm not having. I'm. I, I don't have my like hot like sex girlfriend and lady hot butt. Uh, like, and I don't yeah. have. A, Four million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, yet. I'm, not, I'm, uh, not, I'm not getting millions of dollars to make noises and say racial slurs on YouTube. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Not so, much, uh, just I don't know where that idea came from. Yeah. I just like put that together out of the ether. Uh, uh, trust me, it doesn't happen on YouTube much. So basically, like I, I, I can't even imagine what the Wachowskis think about this. Just like, like they they served up they, they pared down like you know thousands of years of philosophy into like a nice little package to hopefully get it across our dumb skulls in the, in the most basic way possible. And it's like, people still can't handle it. Okay. So <laughs> I, I, I think that that hits the high level. What do we think of the movie? <laughs> okay. So, but I mean, I think this is what we need to talk about this, talk about the movie. Okay. The movie itself, I think like, so I was going to say what, what uh, the answer that here's an answer that might shock you was, Oh boy. I think the movie is still good. Okay. Um, it's definitely not great. It has a lot of it has issues. It's by now quite kind of hokey and like comes across as incredibly pretentious. Oh and, yeah. Yes, very much. Yeah, so. and so like so I think just you know that being as it is, I, like I've, I've been trying to spend the last like amount of time talking about it to kind of bring you back to that night that like '90s mindset and just like consider when the movie was made. And that these that the these filmmakers are taking a real big swing, and you know, they they hit some parts, they they miss some places, but I think more than not the movie works, and still I think it still looks pretty good. Um, the structurally the movie is still like interesting. The pacing is is like better. Third act not as much, but it's very interesting going back to it. Um, it's kind of crazy how much the first half of the movie is a lot of talk, a lot of yeah. just, like, detailing, world-explaining, world-building. And when you actually get down to the battle scenes, there's, like, four of them, really. Yeah, the first movie, like, is it's just the, the later movies, the ones were just, like, the, the, the most interminably long and boring action sequences in the second and third ones. Yeah, you, it, it was surprising to see just, like, you know, oh, okay, we have the the like the dojo fights, but those don't really count as fights. It's a lot of like explaining, like, oh, these are the limits and the things that are you're, you're capable of. And of course, you had to kind of build that out to explain this crazy idea. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny. The one thing I'll say that's very odd about the movie that I I didn't realize it until it is the disparity between sound, which is the fact that. Everybody talks like this. Everyone speaks very, very, very measured, very like very measured, very controlled, very quiet. So when those action scenes go, those action scenes are goddamn loud, loud. They're real big. Yeah. Like uh, we cranked our our soundbar all the way up (laughs) to try and hear to actually hear the dialogue. We had to turn off like uh heaters and things so uh, pretty much we could actually understand lawrence fishburne <laughs> just coming down to keanu reeves level yeah everyone has to act at this level oh great that's, that's just mr fantastic. mr anderson uh that's me i'm keanu reeves so that once the battle starts going like i could imagine back in the day when i saw this like it was literally just like the theater completely silent just to hear everybody and then the battle scenes and you're just like oh damn and then just, oh. just like junior react like, <laughs> the background and like 
yeah yeah so that that was that was an interesting go, uh piece going back to um <laughs> he morpheus talks i believe is the voice of the movie where he's just like like what just listen just like just just take this in now because when this when this drops it's gonna blow your mind <laughs> he's because he's always just like what if i told you the world around you is a lot it's like just kind of smarmy, but he's just like Morpheus is excited to talk about this. He's, <laughs> he's excited to bring the movie to. Well, you. yeah, he found the one, and he's just been sitting for like years, going like, "Okay, what about so you? if I met him, what would I do?" Yeah, it's. it's <laughs> I don't know why that came across to me, but it's just like he is stoked. I just want to. I just want to see young Morpheus when he's told like from the Oracle of just like he will find the one. He's just like months afterward. He's just like. Okay, like, so what if I put him in a white simulation with two chairs and there's a TV there and I'm it's like, like an old timey TV? Yeah, really old time. And the the chairs are kind of like old and musty, but they're the same ones from a room that we were in earlier. And I'm gonna wear like a weird little pince. I'm not gonna wear glasses. I'm gonna wear a sunglass like pince nez at in indoors in the in the dark, like a very normal person. <laughs> What if the way that we get him out is by uh, giving him these two pills and it's all like, here's your choice. And then he goes into a room and he touches a mirror and the mirror goes all wibbly on his hand but for a while. he does the pill thing to everybody, not I just know. to Neo. I know. But I'm, okay. I'm sure he, he planned that well in advance in anticipation that like this is going to blow Keanu Reeves' mind. Yeah, you can just imagine just like there's Cypher and Switch and everybody and like the moment that he's fine, he's just, he's just there just going, ooh, I get you eat the You eat the blue cake or the blue croissant. <laughs> You can have the blue cronut. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just imagine like every person that he breaks out of the Matrix is a different, something totally different and ridiculous. All of a sudden, Keanu's like, why did I get pills? (laughs) We knew that you you liked mescaline, so. Or take the red jello shooter. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that's. That's I. That was the sense I got from it, um, and then this movie just like aesthetically, they they're totally bring, like Sabrina. You're saying like how much was this movie is like condensed early '90s, where it's like dudes with black trench coats, like they might as well all be vampires, is what I'm basically saying. Like I mean, it's '90s va- vampire aesthetic. I mean, '90s vampire was Interview with a Vampire. Well, but like I'm thinking like Vampire the Masquerade, like it it looked like the Matrix, like you know, lots of dudes in leather jackets and sunglasses. But they weren't even leather; they were that fake pleather shit that was super shiny that looked more like latex. Yeah, so yeah, there was a like, lot of latex. There, it's like, um, okay, we're not actually gonna try and look cool. We're gonna use that stuff that people wear from Hot Topic that may try to make them look cool, but they can't afford the real shit. I think, okay, tr- I think all of that, I think this is chicken and the egg. I think that came from the Matrix. Okay, truth time. Who here owned a pair of pleathered pants? Okay, I guess I'm the only one. This is a weird question. Goodbye. <laughs> I have never owned pleathered pants. I will I will say that confidently. Mm. I never Did, had anybody like, had a trench coat? No. No? No, I, I was, uh, no, I was like, uh, uh, I, I was like idea guy nerd. I was I wasn't like goth nerd. I don't even think I had any of those big baggy jeans that had the the Jinko jeans. Okay, the, I had those. the bondage. Yeah, oh, wait, 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 what? Remember the the ones with like the bondage straps to You're them? You're talking about the not Junko. Those were the trips. I think that was okay. No, called? I didn't have, didn't have those. Or the ones that had the 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 bottoms were actually whiter than the waist. Oh. I think wow, the those 2000s. were junk. I think those, those were, were junk jeans. Yeah, all of our minds were like broken back then. <laughs> but happened? no, the ones with the straps were by. I think the company was called Trips, Trips. or okay. something like that. T R I P P. Can we get Can we get a pair of those? Do they still make I them? I believe they still make them. Can, yeah. All right. Can but just, but just as remember. a Patreon, I'm going to put. Okay, listen. I'm going to put a Patreon reward. Uh, that we will all get trip pants if we if we hit a particular level. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I just want to say, like, but, like, how ubiquitous was it? You think about, like, do you remember the period when, like, this movie and video games were blamed for, like, the Columbine shooting? Oh, yeah. Like, the Columbine shooters wore, like, black trench coats? Yeah. It's like, how in the time was this movie? Was, I mean, yeah. it's kind of, to me, that's a little bit chicken and the egg. Like, of course, you know, they were outcasts and like idiots and crazy people oh sweet we can still get some bondage pants yes um but you know also it is a piece of media that falls in line with a bunch of dumb kids that 
you know, like, oh, guns are cool. Well, it just, uh, I can be a rebel. It just really, I, I think the, the movie just crystallizes that, that moment in time and fashion and kind of. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, yeah, maybe they got inspired by what to wear by the fucking movie, but. It was just a that, 90s thing. Was, yeah, I mean, it was a big part of pop culture at the time. So, of course, yeah, those kids were going to be wearing that stuff. I'm but, not saying it was the connection was valid. It was just no, that, like yeah. You, you just have, you forget like oh yeah that was always in the background and then like the Matrix made it cool. But I feel like trench coats were a thing before the Matrix. Oh yeah. No, oh yeah. Every school had at least one mandated like you had to have one nerd who wore a trench coat all the time. Mm-hmm. I had I definitely had oh, friends that I wore knew trench coats. Several nerds that wore trench coats. <laughs> How many coats? trench coats were at your school? And kind Ooh. of a if you don't mind a baker's a, dozen. And if you don't mind, like, kind of a weird aside, if we're if we're going down that road, I had a friend that uh, we were both in the uh, junior ROTC together. Ooh. Actually, I had a, a, a like a, a bullet for a uh, necklace that he yeah. had to get rid of. Um, and the school made him get rid of it because they were just like, we consider it dangerous. It's like it's it's just it's just the tip. It's, like, it's I could throw it at you and it's just as it's dangerous. Just slug, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, but oh, that was man, always a man, weird that's one. like, that's, uh, that's late nineties, like yeah. mi- middle school. Oh, I as... remember when they banned bullet belts. Remember at Hot Topic, they had the belts with the bullets built into them, but mm-hmm. they're obviously fake. They're just the, like the casings, I guess. No, they well, just look not, like it. They oh, look okay. like bullets. They're not, they, but they're called bullet belts and it's basically a belt with a bunch of bullets on it. And I remember when schools banned kids from wearing those, you couldn't have bullet belts um, I think. Oh, the other thing they hated was the chained wallets. They didn't let. They didn't like you wearing the wallets with the chains attached to them. Man, we just all all you kids today is just don't know all the cool back, stuff like, we I, had. I never had a, a. I never had a wall a chain wallet. No. My brother did. I always remember that. Yeah, I never had a. Chain I remember either. the period when he when when we, both of us were wearing jorts and he had the jean, He had the chain wallet. The 90s, guys. It was crazy back then. Uh, is there anything else about the Matrix we should talk about? We are talking. I mean, I, I, it's kind of like we're all we're bouncing across we like everything of the 90s this, right this now. Is, it's like a quantum state thing where we we can never fundamentally know the position and velocity of a particle of it's... like in a quantum state. Like it's the like you can't talk about the Matrix or 90s and separate the two. Okay, it's like a time capsule. Yes. So here's one thing that since rewatching the Matrix made me start thinking is. If we were actually in the Matrix, what things that have happened since watching the Matrix only reinforce the fact that the Matrix exists? And the one thing that came to mind is the fact that the agents are obviously trying to remove hardline phones. Yes. So that the the, the so that they can't escape. You I can't think, get a hardline phone I anymore. Think I think you've made this joke to us before, and like it's yeah, like oh yeah, that's that's a, that's a good one. That's why you can't get a payphone anymore. Yeah, basically, the it's agents be- have destroyed them. It's not because they're stupid and pointless anymore. It's because we have to keep the supermen around us <laughs> from being able to fight Hugo Weaving <laughs> and escape. Well, um, obviously, and the agents win because of that. Yeah. So if we had more hardline phones, we'd be safer. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they have cell phones in the movie where yeah. they have to use landlines. But they're really big cell phones. Oh, oh yeah. When he when he first busts out that flip like that nokia and like the speaker like, out of the flat rate envelope yeah did you not did you, did you not just feel like your heart swelling with pride at that no moment? sabrina was more just like Ooh. why do you do a flat rate he should have sent that in a bubble mailer no i didn't say bubble mailer you, you said bubble mailer i, I just said mailer. that they shouldn't have sent it in a flat rate envelope that makes no sense okay i just i whenever i, I saw like a nokia flip phone or like whenever they stole that just like ooh, hot hot 90s action going on right now so yeah like there's just there's so much in this movie that it's it's interesting to talk about because it's so in the time of it but i was gonna say i thought this movie was gonna be really bad like i thought i was gonna watch it like and be very cringing like cringing a lot but it was much it was like oh no this is actually like as a movie it fulfills a lot of the requirements it's it's i think it's well put together um it doesn't suffer from the excesses of the next two movies um I think it like I, I yeah I, it was much better than I thought it was. I think that the movie to me is if I were to with with all the information I know about the 
about the matrix now since you know putting that in repeat in my brain over and over and over if i was looking for a plot hole like uh, my finger through wet tissue i can find it i can find it in any little point yeah um and then and then we would call you a nerd and like pants you and drag you around the track why didn't they just transform neo into an agent while he was still in the matrix and then just d- get rid of it to begin with why don't there they just lobotomize all humans why don't even need a matrix <laughs> why why do we have this weird device where if somebody dies they flush and we just flush them down a tube and then all of a sudden like i don't know we're just fishing for neos all day um there yeah there's tons of little plot holes that they have yeah um but the movie I, succeeds in m- making me not care. Yeah, I it's it's still a good movie to watch. I mean, for me, it's just like it's not exactly that interesting to watch anymore because it's not a, the thing that kind of made it cool to watch. Where it was a surprise, you didn't really know what was going to happen when you first watch it. But now it's like it's it's you've seen it a bunch of times. People have used it as a meme so many times. Yeah. It's just like. It's not exciting to watch anymore. I yeah, I I wouldn't say I was excited by it. Like right. I I was more just it was more like going back and like oh yeah, I remember when the, I remember this movie. Like everything in it is very dated and has been done better since. Right. But it's like oh you know it's I mean it's like watching an old black and white movie or something. It's like sure yeah it's it if it, it if you judged it in a vacuum, uh it's it's not as good. But it was it was just, it was fun to go back and watch it like oh. Like just structurally from a movie making standpoint, I think it, it's a good movie. Yeah, it'd be like going back and watching Hudson Hawk. You understand no. that it's not a good movie. No, that was never a good uh, movie. <laughs> never, no, no good things in it. I mean, it has a funny Bruce Willis. I think, I think you just want to be '90s Bruce Willis. <laughs> I think you want to play your harmonica, and uh, yeah, yeah. I would rather be '90s Bruce Willis than modern Bruce Willis. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> Back when we all thought he was funny and charming. It turns out he's just kind of mean. Um, yeah. Oh, boy. This Yeah, this movie. I, I, I Especially, like, having grown up on the internet in the early 2000s, like, how much of internet humor was just based around, like, Photoshop pictures, Photoshopping Matrix stuff? Oh, all of humor, it. Humor, it was, like, all of it. So. I mean, like, remember that around this entire time, like, was the in, the creation of All Your Base. All Your... Oh, God. Yeah. Delicious, delicious years of my life. Ah, uh, That all was when I base, first found Napster. out that... All Your Base was how I found out Photoshop was a thing. Yes. I. What are these? What are these d- digitally altered pictures? I've never seen such a thing before. How did those people spray paint All Your Base on the ground? You should... How... You, those guys shouldn't do that. So I think for like this, I mean, this podcast clearly goes to millennials, is made by millennials for millennials primarily. Mm-hmm. Just, just give yourself here and think back of like how much this movie influenced everything you like your your formative years. It's a lot. It is. So I definitely thought about it. About but it yeah, now. so going back, it's it's dated. I think it was still like fun to see it. Like, oh wow, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. Um, it's not as impressive visually uh, as as it used to be. It was I was more surprised. Like it was much better than I thought it was going to be. Going back on it, yeah, it was still it was still a good watch. Um, I will say, I would say that if you are somebody that has never seen it before, probably a pretty like, still probably a pretty good piece. It's not. It's obviously not perfect. It's a fun popcorn movie. Yeah. Um, if you are that like specific age range of middle school, if you like somehow it, are our age and have not seen the matrix, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I almost wonder, like Martin's seen it, right? Oh yeah. Mar- Martin tends to be the one that lives on the moon and like has seen everything but what we've seen. I thought that was me. Hmm. I don't know. You're kind of like that too sometimes. So, um, but you know, um, uh, yeah, it's very hard to think like, oh, you haven't seen The Matrix? Like, I still think it's something like it's one of those movies that you would sit there like giddily watching the other person going like, oh, oh, <laughs> they did the spoon scene. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. you would do that. I would. It's, it's, it's one of those movies you go back and like every line in this movie is a meme. And it's just, it's hard to not see it like oh, that God, anymore. There is no spoon. There is no spoon. Whoa. I know Kung Fu. How many of these are just punchlines now? What if I told you? <laughs> yep. 
All right. Matrix? Matrix. Have we done it? Is that episode 100 in the bag? My favorite story, my, my favorite just totally tangential story about the Matrix is a friend of mine uh, accidentally ate half of like a pan of pot brownies. And so he was he was going pretty good. And he's at some point he said like his friends were watching him. And he's just kind of like spaced out. But he like sits up real authoritatively and just goes, I have to watch the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> and like they said he like proceeded to like watch the Matrix while like writing a bunch of stuff furiously in a notebook like as fast as he could. And then like threw it in the corner of the room at some point and like passed out. And he's just like, I could never find that notebook. I really want I really knew what I had written in it. <laughs> I really wish I knew what I had written in it. But yeah, I show I I thought once in a while that feels like that's our mindset. It's just like like I have to watch the Matrix. <laughs> some and you know, as said, one of the many things that caused us to make this podcast of just yeah. like we have to watch these things. Yes. So so yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, I was like, I, I'm not gonna go watch it again, like right away. But I was like, you know, what? I'm glad I checked in on the Matrix, and it was it was like, oh, this is fun. And everybody's gone on to successful careers because they made a boatload of money. Oh, have they? Have they? I mean, I think not really. I can. Uh, Keanu Reeves still makes movies. He's doing those Wick movies now and making a bajillion he amount of dollars. He's really good on the John Wick movies. He's angling for. I think he wants to be. You know, in like ten years, I think he wants to be what Liam Neeson is now, like an action dad. Yeah, that makes sense. But I feel like where everyone was like, "Oh, Keanu was hot back then," I'm like, eh. He's hot now. He's still he's still like a blank faced like robot man. I know, but I like him with a mustache and his longer hair. Let's see, Carrie Ann Moss is still around. She's doing smaller movies She's now. Doing movies and TV, you know. I'm sure she I'm I'm sure her anyone involved in this movie are making enough money still off of this. That oh, yeah. they, they can just do small stuff, whatever they want. I mean Lawrence Fishburne is I think always going to be able to find oh, yeah. work. Oh, he's good. He's, he's never, in everything. It he's, feels he, like he works. He does. Yeah. He does a lot of work. Think he how does. happy Joey Pants is that he was in this movie. He's just like, I get fifty thousand a year off the Matrix a, uh, and the Sopranos. Yeah. A. Um. And then yeah, Hugo Weaving. Which really, uh, we we I should I think in a final thing, Hugo Weaving sort of makes the movie. He's oh yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, like he as Agent Smith is just like Hugo Weaving is so versatile as an yeah. actor. Oh, he's good. He's but, great. But he like he was the best at being just this stone faced bad guy. But at like towards the end, just starting to break in this weird way that you were just like he's getting super intense and just like very because he's got a crazy face. Like mm-hmm. he can really put on he can really put the gas on it if he needs to. I and mean, then, like, it was really yeah. weird for me because obviously I saw the Matrix so first. No, I saw the Matrix first, and then I saw Lord of the Rings later, and I was like, "That was the order they went in." Yeah. That's the guy from the Matrix. Agent Elrond. He was a bad guy. What is he doing in this movie? Well, when you need, you know, when you're a kid, that's what you're like. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like now that I'm adult, I'm like, wow, that's a big switch. And Roto also- Baggins. Well, then he was also in uh, V, right? I never saw it. Um, but yeah, he's what he's, the fuck is that movie called? The, also, the story like we didn't even get into just the production of this movie. There's a lot of interesting stories. I think the biggest one I wanted to touch on is just that the Wachowskis made everyone involved in this movie read like a, several books on philosophy. Like, and they made it like to act in this movie, you have to be able to like tell us back our philosophy behind the philosophy, like behind this movie. So like everyone involved had to read all these books and all this stuff about it, which is a reference a little bit, it, but like that is, that's a power director move. Like that's a very, like a Jodorowsky kind of thing. Or it's like, we have this very specific vision and you need to be on the same page as us. What did the Wachowskis do before the matrix? They, I looked this up. They made a couple other movies, which I'm now actually super curious to watch. Um, they made a couple different movies, and it was basically like they made like this kind of noir crime drama. Uh, what was that called? Let's see. So I'm seeing here Assassins, Bound, that and was then the, the Matrix. So they apparently, like they they apparently did Assassins and Bound, and those were both very successful. And they leveraged that to like, hey, we've got this crazy project called The Matrix that we want to make. And that was they got Joel Silver on board, and they got you know the the people that they suggest they they had ideas for casting for this movie are pretty crazy. It was like the original choice was like Will Smith as Neo, 
and Val Kilmer as Morpheus. Wow. Val Kilmer as Morpheus. Yeah, would you, would you be able to contain yourself if, if 90s Val Kilmer Ugh. and Will Smith were in one movie? God, that would have been weird. So I'm looking at what they've done, and it's pretty much the Matrix down the board. Yeah. V for Vendetta. Speed Racer. Yes! Yes, I was going to say, like, we, let's not get away. Oh, not... so V for Vendetta is the one with Hugo weaving as V. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Cloud was Atlas. sexy in that. So Cloud Atlas, Jupiter Ooh. Ascending. Oh, no. Uh, and then the tr- TV series Sense8. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen oh, that yet. Oh, they're the ones that did Sense8? Okay. <laughs> or at least, uh, let's see, I'm looking at Lana Wachowski right now. And... Yeah, that's it's it's like some hair. Um, pretty cool hair. Yep. She's got a she's got a crazy hair. Oh yeah, crazy like dreadlocks, but they're pink. Oh. It looks like someone from the Matrix. All right, well, okay, <laughs> that's called luing the brand. <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah. So like, they made Speed Racer, so I can forgive a lot. Yeah, for- Speed Racer, best Wachowski yeah. movie. Yeah, def- I, I I think that is such a different mood. <laughs> That's a, from the other stuff they've done. It's like so, g- gritty, like g- philosophical. It's very anime, though. Pretty it, colors and bright lights. Uh, Speed Racer? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. You oh, go from gritty and dark to... I thought you meant her hair. Now, no. I'm, now I'm starting to look at the like philosophical story that was given forth in Speed Racer in an entirely new light. Oh, yeah. What if of course, I, I still have not seen Speed Racer. What if I told Oh, we're going home, and we are watching Speed oh, Racer. Sweetie, it's good. It's I so do not good. need to watch it. No, no, it's, it's good. good. It's watch a, the movie. It's really good. It's so pretty. It's so much fun. Do other things. <laughs> so much fun. Um. So, yeah, I, I just want to touch on that. The Wachowskis, like, you know, very all over the board, but they are willing to take a very big swing at something, and occasionally they hit. Yep. All right. Is that the Matrix? Have you know, we... I think I've, I've expended my Matrix energy. <laughs> need to, to need to, no, not, not, you jack in, but you don't, you log off. You don't. I phone out? Yeah. What's the, what? Phone home? Yeah, you don't. You mean jack off? No, you yes. don't do that. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> that's what I was missing. Jack on and jack off. Jack and Jill. Yeah. Uh, cover the mic here. I'll be back. <laughs> All right, well, that takes care of us for The Matrix. That takes care of us for episode 100, guys. 100. Uh, Thank you. First off, thanks to all the wonderful guests we've had on over the years. Um, Over the years? Years! We've done this for years! We've done this for years. It's all coming crashing down. No. Think we do this like 52 weeks in a year. We've done this over okay, two years. Okay, it's only two years. Yeah, but that is technically years. Yeah, but think about, I think about two it this way, Sabrina. We started in your living room, and now we are like a half a mile away. Yeah, we're like a quarter mile away, but in a radio station. Yeah, we are like the wandering rocks of Death Valley. Like you, That's you, only because Josh went to school here. Quiet! You're you're getting rid of all the coolness of us being in a radio station. It's not like we pay to oh, use Oh, yeah, no, it. like, Fraser Crane is, like, right one office over. Yeah, really. Hello, Haywood. Yeah, we're we're really living the life. Like, you watch it, in a few years, we're just going to be on public radio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to have our own show. We could... We could technically have a TV show of this if we so wanted. Just saying. The Saturday. No, I, I would be fun to do good. one episode on TV. <laughs> no, I think I'm... that would be funny. You, you should see the TV studio over there. It's pretty legit. I'm, I'm good. I don't have to have my face you, on you a could, TV. You could actually do your Warhammer show. Yeah. We could, we could, we could, we could wear big masks. <laughs> Sabrina, you could wear one of those masks from like Bioshock. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. All right. That's the Saturday Friends Club. Let me think. As said, all the guests we've had over the years yep. here at the Saturday Friends Club that have uh, we've had that, some exciting ones. Yeah, we've had we've had puppeteers from Mystery Science Theater. We've had our friend uh, Matt from um, you know uh, video from his video game site, Giant Bomb. Giant Bomb. He like I I was I I was very worried initially when we the, the whole like short schedule on DOS boot, but that was a gr- that was a lot of fun. No, nah, that was fantastic. Um, and planning on getting them back. Uh, we actually are going to be working with some friends that uh, have uh, done some work on other shows and other podcasts and things, and uh, we might be changing things up a little hit- bit over mm. the years. Mm. As said, we might be going on and actually doing this as a radio show, Why so that might change the Why are you sounding like format. a Skeksis from the Dark Crystal? Mm. <laughs> 
I'm just, I'm just stroking my invisible beard. Should, we should do the Dark Crystal as oh, yeah, well. Definitely. Because I didn't like it the first time I saw it. Yeah, I doubt you're going to like it the second it time. Probably it's either. still good. It's, uh, I still like it. The but... elves look f- stupid. I didn't say it, so I don't have to mark me down as bad. Um, but yes, thank you so much for our guests. Thank you so much for uh, all the people out there that have listened. Either be you regular folks that just find the podcast and download it, or our lovely, lovely Patreon peoples. I have it on good authority. I know there are people listening to this who are just not on the Patreon, and uh, we are happy to have you. And thanks for listening to my like my nasal B voice. Yeah, and- nasal B voice. <laughs> <laughs> Little known fact, he actually I'm, was I'm in a sentient swarm of bees. Yeah, uh, he really okay. was in the bee movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please tell me we never have to watch that. Unless somebody is a really big fan of the no. bee movie. We are going to watch Seinfeld at some point, though. Kill me now. What's the, what's the deal with the Matrix? I don't get it. Goodbye. You got to jack in, but you never jack off. Uh, stop stealing my joke. Gary. <laughs> Jerry, I just say the same catwalk past our door twice. Press the damn the button. Oh, man. Seinfeld, but now done in the Matrix. I hate you guys. I'm pretty sure that's an early 2000s Photoshop. What's the deal with the gray goop? Get out. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. I love it. All right. That takes care of us this week for the Saturday Friends Club. We will be back next week with more Saturday Friends fun. Till then. Hello, Mr. Newman. Uh, sleep well, everyone. Good night. Bye. Morpheus, Dorpheus, Warpheus, go eat some warruses, orifices, porridges. Morpheus, Morpheus, go get to the buffet and warruses. Corpheus, corpses, Worcester sauce. Go into your orifices. Red pill, blue pill, Morpheus, warruses. Seashells by the seashore, Morpheus. 